Jowson, honey, drop that beat so we can start a new and exciting episode of the Romantic Truth Podcast. The Romantic Truth Podcast extends a loving and warm welcome to listeners during this holiday season. Please be advised that the content and topics of the Romantic Truth Podcast are of an adult nature and therefore 18 and older adults only. Please? It gives me great pleasure to introduce Jowson, your host. Everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. I hope everybody is doing well. And we're going to continue on. Started a little late today, well, very late today. I um, usually post the show at midnight. And, uh, well, a couple of things came up, so couldn't do it. But we're going to go on from what we are now forward, right? Let's talk about a few things here. First of all, this show, this particular uh, show today, if you're in your 30s, you might want to pay attention to this show because this has a lot to do with uh, going forward in your lives. Now, there are three fundamental things in your 30s that you will have to consider seriously. And I know in many of cases, you know, you have a whole bunch of things that you have to worry about. But these are three fundamental things that are going to be important to you as you go forward. Now, the first one is going to be life goals. At this point, there's very little room for not knowing or understanding where you're going to go in life. At least have some sort of direction. The next one is environment. Basically, lifestyle. And the third, of course, are values. Now, I know these things sound very fundamental and mundane, but let's take a look at life goals. What are involved with that? Career. Standard of living. And the way you pursue these goals as well. Now, what I'm getting at is a lot lot of times people will compromise their values, compromise their standards for a life goal. We see this all the time in different industries, such as the entertainment industry. You're seeing all these tell-alls now, and people are coming out and saying all kinds of things about people. And many of those things are true. And what's happening now is these people are working on a PR campaign in order to cover up some of the bad behavior. That's a burden. Now, this is the reason why I say if you're getting serious about someone at this stage of your life, in your 30s, you need to be upfront. You need to be honest. As in every other stage, but more so in your 30s. Because... Here's the thing, by the time you're in your 40s and 50s and 60s, you've been down the rodeo a bit. Your 30s will probably be the first time that you're starting to get really serious about your life and serious about your future. A lot of people, this is the first time they start thinking about retirement plans, 401ks. They weren't thinking about that when they were in their teens and 20s, of course. They were out partying and having fun. Now you're starting to see more of a normalization of your budget. And so, therefore, you have to have some sort of projection as to where you would like to go in life. Now, 
a few things that will help you along the way when setting up these goals. You know, when I uh, tell you about those four categories of questions, this falls in line with just what we're talking about today. And it will be number four in the category of questions when I ask, what are your intentions? That means what are your future goals? And what you're looking for when you ask a person such as on a date. So if we were to be together in a relationship, what would you see us in three years if we last that long? Just to get a thumbnail. If the person is focused on I, me, and my, it tells you right there that's not a good potential candidate for you to have a relationship with. Because more than likely, it's going to be that way throughout the relationship. My stuff, your stuff. And there's a good possibility if you become more successful than that person does, oh, they're probably trying to sabotage or in some way dissuade you from going forward. Word I learned from a friend of mine. Instead of per, he uses this. Don't know if it's correct English or not, but I kind of like the feel of it. So what happens here? You're dealing with someone that's going to have a very high impact in your life. Now, I was looking at some statistics here, and I found that law firms, divorce firms, particularly in family law firms, prefer that people marry anywhere from 28 to 32 years of age. And the reason for that is because there is a five-year window that most people divorce. So if you married at 28, think about it, you'll be 33 when you get divorced. Now, a few other things that you have to consider here with women. When they've made a decision to divorce their spouse, they usually statistically do it two years after deciding to do so. And they usually leave the marriage first. Now, what does this mean overall? A lot of it has to do with circumstances where the person has forced the relationship to try to work when it couldn't. This is one of the primary things, you know, when you talk about irreconcilable differences, these are one of the things that come up regularly. Others, financial, infidelity, and the list goes on, right? There have been some couples that married and had a divorce in order for them to get certain benefits or to qualify because they couldn't do it together. It made too much money. Or it could have been a situation when, when I say it made too much money, it's not like they made a hell of a fortune. They made a little bit over what they needed to make in order to qualify. Sad to say, some people have to live in that box. Now, this is a very important thing for you because, as you know, when you're in your teens, So I'm in your 20s, you have all of these goals, all these aspirations that you want to achieve. This is going to be the shedding moment for many of those. 
There are going to be some things that you just will not be able to accomplish in your lifetime. You might have had an aspiration to do so, but the reality sets in and then you're stuck with whatever you can accomplish within a period of time. So let's look at some of the major concerns at this point. Housing. Employment, career. You're just getting started in many cases. In other cases, you're kind of like middle management or midway there. And there'll be some of you that are wealthy and won't have to contend with this for the most part. But for the most part, you're going to be dealing with trying to figure it out, trying to structure it. Now, a couple of you have written in about what about living arrangements? If you're in your 30s and you decide that you're going to live with someone or someone's going to live with you, make sure you have the separation of your assets documented. Um, there are some joint things that you may pay for. I would strongly advise you not to purchase any property such as houses together or things like that because that person may love you now they may have a different opinion of you later on and therefore they may want their equity out of what they put into it so like if you guys are splitting the mortgage on a house that you bought together that person can take you to court and get kind of ugly check with your state state laws are different so you want to make sure that you're adhering to that particular norm. More in a moment. Now, these assets also include automobiles, such as if you're co-signing for someone, which I don't recommend if you're not married to them. And even then, I have reservations. Because you're looking at things that are going to impact you going forward. And as you go forward, there are certain things you have to think about. In your 30s, you got to come up with a plan to not only pay off debt, but to also save money after paying those debts off and not be tempted to go into further debt. So, that's something that you will have to definitely review and look at. Now, these include things such as life focuses. I'll put it to you this way. I would not date someone or be in a relationship with someone who's still in school if I were in my 30s. Now, I know there are exceptions to the rules. I can understand that. Here's why especially if they're financing their education through student loans. You'd prefer someone that's already graduated and working at that point. Because during that time, they've already made a decision as to go to school to educate themselves and therefore the potential for them making more money is higher. But they're already adjusted to the debt. Because here's what you'll run into sometimes if you're not careful. You'll run into 
the perpetual student. This is the person that goes, gets their AA degree, go back, get their bachelor's, goes back, get their master's, go back, get their PhD, go back, get another master's. And they become a professional student. And they're racking up a lot of student loan debt. And meanwhile, the money that's left over from uh, paying all of the tuition and everything, that's what many of them live off of. It becomes a lifestyle for them. So you want to make sure you think wisely before you get involved with someone like that. Now, this isn't to say that all people that are in school would be a detriment to you. You have to make the assessment. But it's much easier dealing with someone who's already graduated, preferably someone who graduated and paid as they went through school, got a scholarship or whatever, where they don't have the debt. You will see some of these women walk around saying, well, I want a man with a 720 credit score. But yeah, she started at the University of Phoenix, Australia University at one of those schools, and she never graduated. And she still has that debt hanging over her head and is accumulating interest. And so you come in there with your good credit and you realize after you get involved with her, you'll be dealing with a liability. I've seen this happen more often than not. It's the reason why it's safe for you to be very skeptical of a person that's asking about your credit score when you're just dating. When you first start dating, and that person doesn't know you well enough. Now, this of course has to do with your life choices, which are structured based on your experience and your exposure in life. All these things are gonna to have to play in concert, hopefully for you to make a good decision on your behalf. The next will be the environment. The kind of lifestyle you choose to live. You want to have that pretty fundamentally clear. Are you going to be a renter? Are you renting in order to own a home at some point? Are you saving money to do so? Are you going to be a person that's going to be mobily agile? So you're constantly moving because of career. These are things you have to make a choice on. See, when I was younger, I had to make a choice. Early on, I said, you know what? I will never own a home because I will have to travel a lot with the careers that I've chosen. So I made that choice. Now, the one thing that I would strongly advise you never to do is to get into this mindset of trending employment. Like whatever's popular now and it fades away. Now you got to go get retrained into this other area and you go for that wave and then it goes down before you know it. Yeah, you're going to have all this experience in different fields. But here's the problem. You'll be a jack of all trades, master of none. It's going to be harder for you to break that cycle as far as getting promoted. Now, when it comes down to environment, there are a lot of things that pull on you. Your family, proximity of your family, your friends, employment itself. 
And you're gonna have to have some criteria for yourself, some must-haves for that lifestyle. A lot of times we kind of just go with whatever is dished out and we figure it out, right? But you need to have some standards, seriously. Because what you'll find yourself doing is becoming frustrated and wanting to change. And then before you know it, you're changing 24 seven, you're moving all the time, that kind of thing. So you're going to be a little bit more deliberate in your choices. What this means also, you may have a partner that may want to settle down, wants to buy a house and have a family. All of that's great if you can afford it, but you have to think about it. What will be the quality of life with that? Will I be struggling? If you have a high school diploma and you have a decent job, let's say you're making $60,000 a year, but you know damn well, it's going to be harder for you to make that kind of money again if you were to lose that job or get injured. What's your backup plan? To maintain that lifestyle. Well, if your options are limited, take for instance, you're in a one-hit wonder town where, oh, they might have had the steel industry in your town decades ago, but now they have only Walmarts and Dollar General. You got to make the adjustment, right? This adds to your stress. And this is going to keep you in a state where you're going to feel as though you haven't achieved anything, you haven't accomplished anything. Now, some of you get hung up on the money. I used to be a Mustanger, just like some of you. Mustangers basically are people who will go as far as they can without a degree and act like they're, you know, the equivalent of someone that graduated from college, right? And they'll always make the comparison and contrast, even though they have to work twice and sometimes three times as hard as the person with the college degree. And they try to marginalize the education. Oh, when I was making good money, that's what I was doing. Until you hit the glass seal. And you start to realize what you don't know. That's what wakes you the hell up. So, let's go on. This environment also includes the kind of people you're going to have around you. Are you comfortable with the people around you? Will you have to do what some people do, like some professors that move to communities where college education is far and in between? So for them to carry on a conversation with someone, they literally would wind up being around the faculty and staff in the university because there's someone else they could really relate to on a conversational basis. It happens. People don't want to talk about this, but it happens a lot. So your environment is vital. Especially when it comes to an environment where you could think about raising a family or something of that sort. Now, one thing to keep in mind, there will always be changes in the places you live, good and bad. One thing that will help you out, see some communities, what they do is like urban communities, especially, Oh, they let the crime run rampant. And the reason why they do this in some areas, 
They may be short on police officers. They may not care about the community as much. But for the most part, it's based on regentrification. Make the community so bad until the people leave. When they leave, prices go down, people with resources come in, clean up the community, and now the very people that fled can no longer afford to live there if they were to try to come back. They wouldn't qualify. So, <laughs> when you look at things such as gang activity, that's the detriment to the community when it comes to gang activity a lot of times. They lower the value of the properties and they cause problems in the sense that, of course, you got the crime issue you have to deal with, but here's also what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a social disconnect because a lot of those members that are in gangs, they were seeking something that the family wasn't delivering. And so you have that to deal with as well. Because if you look at it, statistically, minorities, especially African-Americans, many of them live in proximity to downtown and many metropolitan areas. Those areas were cleaned up and they demanded the same treatment as they do in some of the affluent areas. I know it sounds very utopian, but here's the thing. They can retain the value of their properties. But that's for a different day. What we have to face now, you in your 30s, are these decisions. And this means you're going to have to be very focused on the type of person that you're looking for. At this time, as I told you guys before, you go for the physical side of the woman, yes. I still stick with that, but these other components I'm describing to you are things you're going to have to also look for. They've got to be essential to it. You need a team player, but somebody that's going to work with you, not someone that's going to sit on their ass and make demands. You can find that anywhere. Not someone that's going to take you to a five-star, ask you to take them to a five-star restaurant, for instance, on the first date, and they don't know you. That's disrespectful in itself. Well, if I got to take you to a five-star restaurant, why don't you pull down your panties so I can see your pussy? That's what it's the equivalent of, ladies, when you ask whatever to tell a man that. So, fellas, don't put yourself in that predicament. You don't have to. You want somebody that gives a damn about you. And let me tell you how that works. A woman that gives a damn about you never want you in any kind of altercation or fight. She's going to try to keep you safe. The reason being, she cares about you. The woman that doesn't give a damn about you, she's going to be the one egging you on to fight whoever. She's going to be an instigator. She will shame you. Tell you how broke you are. Tell you how you don't measure up. That's not a worthy pursuit for you. You're not missing out on anything. She has the same thing another woman has. Same exact thing. 
So don't let that be the lure. Her body, her sensuality, the way she's playing around with you, that kind of shit. Don't let that get you. The other thing too about environment, is it a place that you would be embarrassed to bring other people to? Do you have to give an explanation? You know, um, yeah, you can come over, but you know, I tell you, um, I can't be responsible for your car. Yeah, my neighbors are kind of fucked up. You know, why don't we go over to your place and go to a hotel because I don't want to go to my place. These are things you have to consider. You're spending your hard-earned money and you want to spend it on the best choice you possibly can in life. Which means, and this is where a lot of ladies get it mixed up. Ladies, if this man has been staying home from his teens to his mid-30s, and he hasn't told you yet, and you don't see, and when I say told you, get to it in a second. You don't see him with this flashy ass car with all this extravagant living. There's a good possibility he's saving his money. He's not gonna sit there and tell you, oh, I got 50,000 in the bank, or I got 100,000 in the bank. The reason why he's not gonna tell you that is because he's trying to avoid women that are inquiring about stuff like that, that are teasing him that are talking down to him. He wants to avoid them and get with the woman that he feels as though deserves. So when he leaves home, for instance, and this is what some people do. They'll stay home, get student loans, go to college or go to trade school or whatever, graduate, stay home, pay a little on the rent, and pay off the student loan before they go out in their 30s to the world. So that when they do step out of the home, they have money put away, they're looking for a house. Now people who have done this, the last thing they're looking for is someone that's gonna try to make demands and big. 720 credit score, five star, six star restaurants. They're gonna look at you like you lost your damn mind because they don't see you as a worthy investment. They, what they see you as is somebody who's begging. Now, values. When it comes to values, these are things that have been put in you, by you. Even though your parents have shown you and hopefully to pick one, pick one thing over the other. But it's up to you. Now, which means that the person that you get with may have to have similar value structure. Doesn't have to be the same race. Doesn't have to be the same background or uh, same experience. That's all bullshit because you could have two people that are diametrically opposed in every social order possible, but they could still have the same value system and they can still get along. So don't get hung up on race, ethnicity, and all of that other stuff. What you need to look for is 
what would be the person you need in your life? What would they need to bring to it? So with these values, you have your standards built on them, your boundaries built on them. These people will have to respect those things. Now, true enough, you'll be young going into a situation where you're now trying to lay the foundation for a permanent life for yourself and hopefully your partner. And this means that there's got to be a level of maturity. Sometimes people slip up and wind up with someone that they met in their teens. They went to their twenties together. Now they're in their thirties talking about getting married and the other party has not matured. They're still doing adolescent things from the teens and twenties. And you have to take note of that because you can outgrow people. And some people feel guilty about that and they just stay in a relationship anyway. They probably hit it for divorce when that happens. So you don't want to put yourself in that situation. Now with these values, these are things that if you develop a family, you're going to transfer over to your children. At least for them to be exposed to it. It's up to them as far as what they're going to keep and what they're going to leave behind. So you want to have an environment that's stable enough where that's okay. Now, values vary different people. Some people value things over people. I'll never forget one time when my mom was in the nursing home years ago. And there was a lady that would come in to see this other lady that was there. I think it was her daughter or something. I'm not quite sure. Every time she came in, she was asking her, well, where are the pajamas I bought you? They were silk. Never asked the woman, how was she doing? How was her day? It was all about what she had purchased for her and given her. So what did you do with the $50 I gave you? Fellas, getting with somebody that insensitive and that blind to a person's character is not a good mix for you. You will be doing a dog and pony show with that woman for the rest of your life. Because see, here's the thing. You marry her in your thirties. You're going to try to make it work for a few years, right? What are you going to do when you're 40? You got to consider these things. Are you starting over again? Will you have to start over again? Will your burden increase in your 40s? I've seen guys get good jobs. They marry. They, of course, upgrade their lifestyle because now they got a little extra money. And then they'll get promoted on the job. And the woman left them. And in one case I saw where a woman left the guy after he got promoted, divorced him. That promotion was wiped out because the money that he made from that promotion went to child support every month. Now, the reason why I talk about these particular things in particular is because these are going to be the things that are the most impact you. 
That means that they have to have some sort of financial sobriety and not living off of credit cards, fellas. Not living off of credit. Not going to the family and borrowing money then expecting you to help them pay that money back. Now, this includes addictions that may be associated with that individual. And it's up to you if you're going to co-sign and be in a relationship with someone who has an addiction, shopping addiction, gambling addiction, you name the addiction. Because it takes money, time, and resources away from you and even them from their own personal time. The relationship because an addiction is an entity that is just like a person. It consumes time and money instead of food. Now, the other thing you have to consider with this, and under values, this would be under the number one question category I talk about, who are you? This helps define the person. You're not going to, on your first date, approach them like it's an interview, but in a way you are. But you're just doing it indirectly. You want to find out about their family and their background. And fellas, one thing I will tell you that will help you immensely, find out if she had a father in the home. Ladies, same thing. That makes a difference. Trust me. It makes a big difference. And here's why I tell you this, especially fellas. What a father, what would a father do in many cases? They would tell the daughter no at some point, right? When it's in her best interest. Sometimes mothers can't do that because they're nurturers. And so when you meet this lady, she's doing something that you may not deem appropriate. I mean, it may be very entertaining for you, but it puts you in a compromising situation. I'll give you an example. I met a lady on a date one night. We had decided to meet up this restaurant in West Hollywood. And she comes in and she's got this wrap dress. And the split goes all the way up to her crotch. You can see the lace panties underneath. Okay. She's seated there. And she has her legs crossed in a way where I can see all the way up her thigh, all the way to her crotch. Now, initially, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe she wouldn't be a little bit provocative for me tonight. Until we got into the conversation. That's the way she normally dresses. On frivolous stuff that didn't matter. Well, you're going to be pissed at yourself, too. We're going to talk more in just a moment.
Now, this is going to be a point where you're going to actually start outgrowing some of those friends. And it's expected. Some of them are going to go to separate ways with careers, families, different things, and you should too. Now, you know, I'm not saying abandon all of your friends and that kind of thing, but you're going to find that there're going to be some friends of yours that are going to be liabilities going forward in life. And in your 30s is usually the shedding moment of those people. You can't have these people in your 40s and 50s around you because things are going to change in your life. You're going to change at every decadial step throughout your life. It's just going to happen. You're going to advance, you're going to grow. And that's an essential thing that should be linked to your values. It's growth. Growing in the relationship, learning from your partner, your partner learning from you. Being able to discuss difficult things and work through complex situations. That's all a part of a relationship. It's the work. Now, when I talk about purpose, the second category of questions what you're looking for is a sense of values in that as well how committed are they to whatever they have a passion for what sacrifices have they made what effort have they put forth in that endeavor it doesn't necessarily have to be a career endeavor it could be something like they're building a sailboat and that person has been working on it for years when they're off time after they're working and that person could tell you everything about that sailboat that they're working on reason being that's a passion and they study a craft to make themselves better at what they do so the value from this would be commitment attention to detail. And fellows, that's one area that we have to work on as men is attention to detail because women are very detail oriented. Studies have shown that they use their brains more efficiently than men do. We see this in the animal kingdom. Smaller animals learn how to avoid larger ones to not be eaten. and they realize where they can go and feast where they don't have to be threatened now the other aspect where values cuz values go all the way through all four of these questions by the way because the first one you're finding out a sense of self and how they value themselves so please tell me about yourself What do you want to know? No. So where did you grow up? What's your background about? Oh, I grew up so and so and so and so. You won't ask them that directly. It could be in a roundabout way, more pleasant way, if you like. What you want to get them to do is to start talking about themselves. If they say, "I'd rather not talk about me," or something of that sort. That right there is the biggest red flag you could possibly get. There is something there concealed. 
they're complaining about it, a lot of people don't like them for whatever reason, there you go. The second one we discussed when it came down to purpose, right? The value is the commitment. It's the obligation. It's them doing something, it's sticking, bit, sticking with it and making sacrifice. Let's look at the third question. What are your strengths and weaknesses? What is the value there? Ethics. Are they going to be honest with you about things they're afraid of and things that they're not? You know, I love horror movies. I don't like horror movies. They, they frighten me. What is that person telling you? They're being honest with you. So what is that value? That value is their honesty. Now, you may not agree with whatever they're honest about, but at least they're letting you know. Then the last question about future plans. So what are your intentions in the future if we were to get together? What you're looking for is to see how valuable your relationship would be to this person. Does it even have any value? Is this person only thinking about themselves? Things to look at. Now, at this point, being in your 30s, what you're not looking for. You don't need any practical jokers at this stage in your life. You have those in your teens and your 20s. You need someone that's an adult. You need someone that is serious. Not to say that you're not going to have comedic moments and funny times and that kind of thing, but you need someone who's going to be more focused and more serious about life. Because see, the 30s is where you're going to be adjusting to life cost, to different changes, different things you may have to contend with. These will be things pertaining to you establishing yourself in life, getting the house, getting the car that you're going to keep for 10, 15 years, getting things established where you can start saving, start paying down the debt. You get the essentials that you need fundamentally. So as you age, you build on top of that. So in your 40s, you guys are a little bit more advanced, way more advanced than you were in your 30s. In your 50s, more advanced than you were in your 40s. And so forth. Now, the other consideration, you're trying to prepare yourself in your 30s to be as fluid as possible because there's a good possibility you'll be taking care of your parents as they age which will probably happen when you're in your 40s or 50s. And these are things to think about. What do I mean by this? They may have to go to the hospital and have you sign for them because the insurance is not covering everything. And you want to have that flexibility where you can do that without it being such a strain and burden on you. This is the reason why I tell you folks, live within and below your means. 
never above. Because when you start doing that, it causes problems. You know, back in the 1970s when Jimmy Carter was president, he gave a speech about that. He just told the Americans, you're living beyond your means, which was true in many aspects. And that was one of the things that people didn't like with this economy that you could have been saving for your future retirement. See, years ago, let me tell you what the credit card companies used to do. They would come down to college campuses and get these kids in debt while they were in school. And some of these schools were pretty slick. Let me tell you what someone would do. You know, if you were on financial aid, they'd say, okay, here's your extra money back from the financial aid. So what would the kid do? Go out and spend it, right? Then the school will come back and say, oh, you know what? Before you can get your diploma, you still owe us $2,600. Why don't you take out a plus loan? Why don't you use a credit card? And that was one of the things that the federal government really should have taken notice of because a lot of people got messed up based on that. A lot of people didn't graduate based on that. And there were some never got their diplomas because of it. So these are things we have to look at and consider. Now, we're going to look at some of the things that are recommended for people to ask on a first date in their 30s. Let's look at what some of these dating sites want you to ask. What's your favorite meal? Kind of generic, you could ask that at any stage, right? And what do most people say? Oh, I like a lot of different meals. I have an array of things I'd like. Fellas, when you go out for a date with a lady, I'm talking about after you got the initial coffee date that I always tell you about. Just ask her, say, uh, what kind of cuisine you want tonight for our date? Or whatever even it is. And let her tell you. Boom. More than like she already has an idea of the place she'd like to go. If she gives a damn about you, she's considerate. If she doesn't, she'll take you somewhere. And see, ladies, let me explain something to you about that. Where we get pissed off with men is to take you out to a five-star restaurant, bill six, seven hundred dollars, and then you sample everything, but you don't want anything. You just take one bite and you throw it away. We're saying, well, you know, all that hell I caught with my boss, all that overtime I worked, that car payment that I missed to come on this date, that insurance bill that's due was thrown away on this plate of food that you didn't eat. 
This is why, ladies, men are not going out there rolling out the red carpet anymore like they used to. Because there's too many women out there pulling that kind of shit. That's the way it goes. To equate it, it's just like a guy giving you a line that you've heard before. That's the way we look at it. Now, the other thing. What's your favorite... Um, what's this? I ain't reading my damn writing. What's your favorite way of unwinding after a long day? Now, that's a good question. I'm here writing in hieroglyphics. It's a really alphabet and shit. This is a good question. A relaxation question. More of a mature question in the sense that you're showing an interest in the person. Now, what I used to do would ask the ladies... And Jillian, she cracked me up when uh, I, when she tells me about this. Because uh, what I asked her, I said, if I wasn't around you for 24 hours, describe your day. And she went on and on and on and on and on and didn't realize that I was making mental notes of everything she said. So before it was over with, I knew her routine. I knew she went to the gym. I knew she liked to eat vegan food. She was like an Indian food buff. I knew what kind of wine she liked. And I didn't have to sit there and ask her 40 questions. Because it gives her a chance to go out and express herself. And this is the way a lot of women would like to communicate with men where they could talk freely and not feel as though they're being judged. But ladies, the key is don't ever tell a man, don't judge me. Because we know whatever you're doing, it's okay with you. And depending on what it is, it may be okay with him. But if he has standards, it might not be okay if his standards don't flex. Now, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get an idea of the person you're going to be with. Now, see, unlike when you're younger, you shouldn't be under that pressure in your 30s. And this is the thing. Guys, you want to stay away from women that talk about they have to have a child by a certain age. She's rushing you into a family. Or she says something like, I, want, I got to be married before I'm 35 or 38. I don't want to be no old maid walking around. No. Because see, what, what also happens here for you guys, there are a lot of women that stay out in the clubs and shit too long. And now they're in their 30s and they're trying to get serious. And they realize that they have some little bullshit part-time job. And they're going to be older and not as attractive. And men are not going to be picking up on them as quickly. 
And so now they're trying to look for a place to nest. But you got to consider if she has taken herself for granted and not worked on herself during those time during those through those years, that will be a liability for you if you worked on yourself. You got a career, you got a job, you went to school, you did all this and you you got everything going on. And then she comes in, yes, she looks good, got a nice shape. But she's trying to get with you before she loses it. Now, after she marries you and has kids and then she loses it, then she'll complain about you looking at other women. And then she's going to want you to go and invest in plastic surgery in order to make her look younger again and more appealing to you. And by this time, you've lost interest. Well, that scenario has played out many times in many person's life. I've seen that many times over. This is the reason why you're going to have to also, when you choose the woman as a physical characteristics, please understand men and women do age. So with that said, if you have an idea as to how she's going to look as she gets older, that's a plus for you if you're going to be with the permanent. See, one thing I used to always do, I'd always want to meet the woman's mother, her biological mother. That gives me a great idea as to what I'm dealing with. Monica's mom, when I saw Monica's mom, I was like, damn. That means that there's a possibility my girlfriend's going to look like that at her age. I was impressed. I was impressed. But ladies, this is one trick that some guys will use. They want to meet your mom for that purpose. They won't tell you this. Because I tell you, once you see that, you're like, okay, I know what to expect now. Now, sometimes they may not be even close to being built. One of the things we're going to look at is... Some more of the questions in just a moment. Got a lot of territory to cover today. Jowson, can you explain why my date took it upon himself to FaceTime his ex-wife? They are very close and he introduced me to her. Well, she and I hit it off and have a shopping day scheduled for the day after Christmas. I guess he thought I was to show her up and instead it backfired. Jowson, this is your girl Siri. I'm upset with you because you never made a move on me. I have shared some of my deepest and darkest sexual secrets and you go on Bumble and Hinge. In my mind, I think you're my man and therefore you are cheating on me and I am jealous. Damn it. Ma'am, what he did was what is called showboating. This is when you get a new partner and you want to show this person off as being better than what they had. And like you said, it did backfire. Women are more sociable than men. 
So he probably thought that he was going to make his ex jealous. Instead, what it did, it actually uh, got her a new friend. Now, he's, I'm sure, afraid of this because you're going to find out everything about him you need to know. Now, <laughs> here's the thing. It's going to be up to your discretion as to whether or not you're going to pursue a relationship with him. But now, understand one thing. Being that he was bold enough to do this, he likes showing off a lot. And if that's going to be a conflict with your personality because you may be more private, it's going to grow in the relationship unless you guys address it. You want to make sure that it's a one-off for him. I kind of doubt it because not too many men are going to be brazen enough to pull out their phone, pull out their phone and FaceTime their ex-wife. Now they might have an amicable relationship from what I see, what you've uh, left. Seems like there was probably a little, my woman's better than you are type thing. So take it as it comes, but whatever you do, don't invest too heavily in this relationship just yet. You have time. Now, some questions that singles may ask in their 30s. Who is your celebrity crush? Now, fellas, let me tell you something. When a woman asks that question of you, many times she's making an assessment of how close she is to that celebrity crush of yours. Which means that she may change her hairstyle, may change her dress, or something like that to be more appealing to you. Thank her for doing that and appreciate showing an acknowledgement for her efforts if she decides to do that. And you might want to reciprocate by doing the same thing. It's not like you got to dress like that or be like that all the time. But just as an acknowledgement. Usually this is like in the beginning when you first start dating. This shit falls off as you start getting to know each other better because your relationship will be more palatable after that than just uh, dealing with that. Now, other things that you're going to look at is how much alone time do you require? This is a question that most people won't ask going into a dating situation. What you're doing is you're acknowledging that they will need alone time by asking them how much, not if they need it. Why do you want to do this? This helps you from dealing with clingy people. What do you mean alone time? I want to be with you all the time. That could be very unhealthy. So you want to have some time to miss each other. Not a damn month or two years or anything like that. Now, as you know, one of the fundamental things to look out for is the blame game. If this person is blaming everybody else and takes no accountability themselves, that is a red flag especially if they've been in multiple relationships. 
if they've been engaged multiple times, that's a red flag for you. There is a reason why she is not married. The only time you would ask about that is if she keeps bringing it up. Yeah, well, I was engaged this time and I was engaged that time. And I'm like, they just say, look, I got a question for you. What's wrong with you? That would cause you to be engaged that many times for it never to go through. A lot of guys say, oh, you're going to blow it with that. You damn straight you will. But here's the thing. If she's really honest with herself, she'll give you an answer. And that answer would include that she was part of the problem. Because it's very seldom that you're going to find a person that's been broken up with six, seven, eight times. And it's all been the other person's fault. As I told you before, when I was one lady, she had a whole collection of engagement rings. And once I saw that, I made my decision right then because she didn't, she wasn't accountable for a damn thing. It was all the guy's fault. And of course, when we broke up, it was my fault, right? So I accepted it proudly. You men are the same, blah, 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 blah. Trying to rush me into a marriage in six months. Are you crazy? I don't even know you that well. I wouldn't get to know you in six months well enough to marry you. But that was the push. But she didn't see it. The other thing, too. You know, to avoid that biological clock person, the lady is saying, oh, you know, you know, I need to get married and have family. That's a priority over you. You're just a vehicle for that to happen. You're looking for someone who's paced themselves, who's taken their time, who's invested in themselves, and who is actually looking for the same thing you're looking for. A harmonious relationship where you don't mind being with someone else where both of you already have identities and lives outside of the relationship and see the modification of your lives has to be moderated between the two of you. Which means that, for instance, if she was accustomed to having her schedule 100% full until she went to bed from dawn until dusk, and you had the same, you guys are gonna have to compromise on your time where you have time together, and then you'll have time for yourself. So there are two blocks of time that you have to have. Now, here's another trick that some immature people are doing now. If things don't work out on a date, some women are saying to their kids, He was Casper the ghost. And they'll come back and say something to the effect the woman will with a text or a phone call. My kid wanted to know why you were Casper the ghost. Why did you vanish? That's a reach for guilt to get you back to 
get you communicating with them again so that they can go and plead their case and be back with you. Don't fall for this shit. Women that use their children in that kind of manner, you don't need it. And the reason why they tell the word love should have been exchanged in a relationship at some point. If it hasn't in six months, you might have some issues. When did you know you loved me? You can ask that question together. And remember, whatever question you ask someone, expect to answer that same question yourself. So that they don't feel isolated, you'll feel more bonded by answering the very thing you asked. So it's not like that they're put under a spotlight. Same thing with the four category of questions. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind as well. There will be some women who married very young and hopefully they've taken time out. And here's one thing that I would definitely suggest to you. If you're meeting someone who's been in a long-term relationship or married, fellas, let me tell you something. Women assess as to where you are based on the distance between that past relationship and where you are now. And many times they base it on what they would do. So as a rule of thumb, usually a woman would take about three years working on herself by herself. And if she says, oh, you know, I had to go to therapy, I had to do this, I had to compliment her on that because a lot of women don't. And they drag that bullshit from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. And everything is wrong with everybody else. Ladies do the same thing to a man who has worked on himself. Oh, you'll know if he hadn't worked on himself. Reason being, he's gonna still be angry. Same thing with a lot of women out there. Angry at their childhood, angry that they're not rich, angry at the guy that dogged them out. Visceral anger. And a lot of times it's misdirected. Now, What does marriage mean to you? This question you ask later on after you've been in a relationship for a while. Because see, fellas, let me tell you something. You're gonna to get to a point in a relationship where she's gonna bring that subject up. Because she's like, uh, I just don't wanna be somebody you date for a very long time and that's it. Now there's some women who don't mind that and that's what they signed up for. You will find this mainly with more mature women in their 40s or 50s that have been divorced. More than likely, they don't want to get married again. And it would really have to be something for them to do. Now, in your 30s, what you may run across a lot more so than later on in life, are women who had never been loved before or appreciated. They've been screwed. They've been moms, they've been lovers, they've been side pieces, they've been girlfriends, but they've never been loved.
And so it may be a new thing for them where they're afraid because they're afraid of being hurt. Now, this means that they may be far more insecure than a woman in her 40s who has gone through that same situation. And the reason being, she's a little bit more mature. She's probably been exposed to things a little bit more and had to deal with other complicated situations. So therefore, she may be a little bit more at ease. Now, when you get into the 50s and 60s, they pretty much say, fuck it, I'm not worried about it. Because they're looking at it from the standpoint, I'm not going to put any congestion in my life between now and the day I die. Because, see, they're trying to simplify their lives. Usually when you get around 45, you're trying to simplify things in your life. At this point, you're saying, I'm going to get rid of all the complex shit that I go got to go through this, that, and a third in order to really accomplish and get through. And I'm just going to go with the things that I can actually do that matter. Some people do it when they're younger, so that when they get into their 40s, they don't have that problem. And that means that they will have to dump friends along the way, co-workers and those kind of things. And by the way, folks, rarely would a co-worker be your friend. One statistic suggests that only 20% of the people you meet as co-workers will actually associate with you after you've left the company. The majority, they don't. They're just tolerating your ass while you're working with them. And that's it. I don't have anything to do with your personal life. I didn't care less. So this is something to also understand. So just in case that were to happen to you, where you don't, you know, friends with this person in the workplace, and you guys were cute uh, spouses or cubicle spouses or whatever the hell they want to call it. And then all of a sudden you leave the company and that person treats you like you fell off the face of the earth. That's the way it goes. But they didn't give you any indication of that prior. Don't expect closure or an explanation. Just accept it as it is. Because that's a burden you don't need. Now, a status question. After you've been dating for, let's say, six weeks, max. So how, how would you classify a relationship? Want to give it a name? Usually you'd want to do this in the beginning. But, some people go in and then they really don't know where they are in the relationship. They don't know what they're doing. They just know that they meet with this person maybe every weekend or maybe twice a week. They talk to them on the phone. They text them. But you don't know where it's going. You don't know what it consists of. It's just there. So you want to have some defined uh, properties on that going forward. Now, questions you may ask while you're in a relationship, such as, do you over-worry about us? This means if this person's always 
trying to qualify where they are 24-7, for instance. They always want to know where you are. What you want to do is to find out what's the causation of it. Why is it that you're pressing the panic button so regularly? There may be an insecurity there that has not been brought up that was dormant in the X factor. Because see, people are on their best behavior when you first meet them. But now you have to go deeper in your 30s to really know who the hell you're going to share your resources with, probably share a family with. So it's a little bit more involved. In your 20s, you may not be so detail-oriented. Maybe based on aesthetics. But each relationship has consequences. You will learn something from them. And in some ways, you will lose something in them. That's the way it goes. You know, it would be nice if everything was sold like a romantic comedy where things just worked automatically. But this is the real world that you're dealing with. You're dealing with different people, different personalities, different personality types. If a person tells you on a date that they have a certain condition, you might want to look that up or ask them a little bit more information about it so you could better inform yourself to make an informed decision as to yeah or nay you could deal with the relationship. So if they say they're bipolar or whatever, and they mention that they're taking their meds, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. You may still want to have a relationship with this person, but they're acknowledging and they know what's going on. It's the people that deny and point the finger at everybody else that you have to worry about. They're the scary folks. Now, you hear a lot of women talk about narcissists, complaining about them. Here's the problem with that, for the record. Fellas, the reason why women complain about narcissists is because they want to get with one, but they don't want that whole aura of impenetrability also pointed at them. See, if, if, if narcissists were simps, oh, they would love them. But what these women have to realize is that a narcissist can give a rat's ass about her having kids with her, being married with her. He's the most important thing that exists. Same thing with female narcissists. Everybody else is there for their disposal. So these women that are clamoring to get with the guy and they're upset and he doesn't come over and see his kids. No, he's not. The reason being, He's more self-important than anyone else. But that's a choice you made to make yourself feel better, to be with someone that you perceive to be more charismatic and better than you. And that's the reason why you're in the position you're in. You did that to yourself. Red flags were there all the time. And this is where a lot of them have problems.
Now, a couple of other things. Take a look here. It's really amazing. I've written things down. I can't read my own damn writing. But that's what happens when you have book on. Somebody's got to do it right. Now, some people will ask, you know, something like, so what are some of the things that makes your heart skip a beat? That's not really a good question to ask a woman. So fellas, try to avoid that question. I know some guys do it too, be provocative. A lot of bad boys use that in order to see how daring the woman is. Use it at your own risk. Because some women will say, well, no, nah, this guy's a fool. He's going to do something crazy. Let me go and shut this down. We'll talk more in just a moment. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.